The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Happy Valentine's Day if you are into the Hallmark holiday thing. I'm not, but if you are, happy Valentine's Day. And if you're lucky enough to have one, go out and celebrate. Maybe you'll do that at an Auburn basketball game tonight or watching an Auburn basketball game or whatever you're going to be doing. Hope you are having a wonderful Wednesday afternoon. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm your man Jacob Goins with you in the studio for the next two hours right here on ESPN 106. Seven. Back with me on this Wednesday is Uncle T-Bone in the studio. What's up, brother? Great to see you. Yeah, man. Great to be seen. Happy Valentine's Day out there to you, East Alabama. Make sure you take care of your Valentine's. We got a Valentine's Day edition here at On the Line, the show that tells it like it is and holds nothing back. Give us a call at 334-321-1390. I am sure that you've got a lot to say on this Valentine's Day. Going to have a great show, Jacob. I'm fired up. We got our man Jordan Hill back from 24. Seven dogs. Uh, SEC basketball action last night. We'll need to go over a little shocker up in Nashville. How Could about not that? Believe that. I've been big on AM lately and I'm eating crow there. Whoo, what a letdown. And that's going to hurt them come bubble time in the NCAA tournament. You do not want to be going backwards right now in the SEC standings. Uh, and speaking of SEC standings, the big one tonight over Neville Arena, I will be there going over for the first time this year in person to okay. see the Auburn Tigers take on number one in the SEC, the South Carolina Gamecocks. That's weird to say, but that that program has turned around and you've been big on them all season. Yeah, well, it's going to be a lot of fun over there tonight. I will be there covering it, uh, representing ESPN, and so uh, excited for that. So great show on tap for you today, talking about that, talking college basketball, ball also i uh, have some football news to get to today and like you mentioned jordan hill will be joining us as well outside of that though phone lines are open give us a call what's on your mind how are you feeling on this sunny wednesday afternoon on the plains 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 your thoughts picks predictions for tonight auburn basketball against south carolina also, be sure you stay tuned throughout the show. We got a little giveaway going on on the show today, so be sure you stay tuned. We'll be uh, we'll be announcing that later on in the program, and so that's what's on schedule for today. Again, come on and be a part of the show three three four three two one thirteen ninety. And you talked about it. You mentioned it already, Uncle T Bone. Kind of last night in college basketball, you had upset city. The SEC's on its head already. I mean, this sport continues to be. One of the craziest years that we've seen. You had Syracuse beat North Carolina last night, their first win over an AP top 10 team in like four or five years. Uh, that's that North Carolina team. They've gotten a few losses on the schedule now. Had a ranked team or a ranked game go on last night. Our Dayton Flyers got a win last night as well. And uh, yeah, then you had Kentucky take care of business against Ole Miss and Vanderbilt at the buzzer. Take down Texas AM. 
Yeah, I mean, that one was just uh, – I watched a good bit of that first half and then kind of got distracted in the second half. A&M, you know, midway through the first half, it was kind of a rock fight, and they started taking care of business, and I thought they were going to cruise on to a victory. And uh, not so fast, my friend – I almost said it the other day. It seems like Vanderbilt has gotten close to taking down somebody this year in SEC play and that they were about to get somebody. But I did not think it would be A&M who has been red hot and Wade Taylor the fourth has been on fire. And, and, and we've talked about them a bunch over the last couple of weeks where they just almost were in desperation mode to get back into NCAA uh, tournament consideration, which they had most definitely done. Well, welcome back, Cotter, to the bubble, <laughs> Texas A&M, with an ugly, ugly loss to Vanderbilt. Those are the type losses, if you're on the bubble, that you cannot afford to have. You're you're playing with fire of getting bounced out of the tournament in the picks because they're not looking at what you've done, you know, well. Mm-hmm. They're looking at what you've done poorly, and then it's just a process of elimination. When you got five bubble teams and maybe one or two can get in, you want to be that last man standing who didn't just have that blemish, like going to Nashville and losing to the pathetic Commodores of Vanderbilt. In other action, it's a light week, midweek this week. I guess everybody's getting their buys, and maybe Auburn will get one soon. LSU travels to Florida. Gators hold on, 82-80. Florida asserting itself definitely now up the food chain in the SEC rankings and into NCAA consideration once and for all. And then Ole Miss, they're almost in free fall. You know, they go up to Kentucky, and uh, this is a Kentucky team that has not looked good recently, especially in Rupp Arena. Wildcats finally stopped the bleeding, taking care of Ole Miss 75-63. to uh, Did we break Ole Miss? Maybe. Maybe so. And you look at the bubble from uh, the NCAA tournament bracket, according to ESPN and Joe Lenardi, going into last night's games. This was updated yesterday. I talked about it on the show. Ole Miss was last four in. They were one of the last four teams in the bubble, in the tournament, as of yesterday. And not that losing on the road to Kentucky is a bad loss, but that sure was a great opportunity to get a big win that Ole Miss desperately needed, and they were unable to do that. And so uh, we'll see where they stand. Florida is in after you mentioned them getting another win in the SEC they're in as an eight seed right now. That may even improve depending on how they look coming down the stretch. And then you start looking at what happens tonight in college basketball and around the SEC. We'll get, of course, the Auburn and South Carolina game. We'll get to that coming up throughout the show. How about Tennessee and Arkansas tonight? And Joe Lenardi came out with a thing today, and he said Tennessee will not move up or down no matter what the result is tonight. How do you feel about that? No matter what happens, Tennessee's current ranking will not move in bracketology. Yeah, I don't know who uh, who at Tennessee in that athletic department or in their NIL program or booster-wise have paid off these bra- so-called bracketologists, but they just tr- continue to get just this amazing and tremendous amount of love. Like that, their Tennessee basketball, obviously over the years, has been very solid, but they're no blue blood. I mean, they're not entitled to this love by any means, but they continue to get it. They, heck, they've been, been kind of getting it now for four 
four or five year with Coach Barnes there, and 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 really and truly, uh, I'm not going to say that they've completely underachieved, but you know, with the amount of talent that they've had, but especially the amount of love that they've gotten in the media, you'd think that they'd won the last two or three SEC championships. Arkansas is not a good team. Okay, their record shows it. You know, they'll play pretty well at home. They've got major issues out there in Fayette-Nah, man. And I'm telling you, their coach got one foot out the door. That's so, what everybody's so, saying right now. You know, yeah. If Arkansas blasts Tennessee at home, I'm not going to say, you know, oh, well, look at Arkansas. They've, they've, they've turned their season around. I'm a, I would be of the more of the consideration that huh, maybe Tennessee's got bigger issues than we thought, and they may need to drop down in the uh, NCAA bracketology. Tennessee's 17-6 and six overall on the season, 4-5 and five in quad one games. So they've got four big wins, but five out of their six losses are considered good losses. I don't like that term, I but don't either. that's what they are. It's those quad one losses. And, of course, Auburn goes to Tennessee coming up in just a, a little short time. And so um, we get to see what those two teams look like when they go up against each other. You bring up the the whole Eric Musselman thing in Arkansas because numerous people have been saying that. Lots of people, dozens of people have been saying they believe Muss has one foot out the door, maybe even two feet out the door. He's just waiting to slam it shut at the end of this season. Where does he go? Where does he go if he leaves Arkansas? There's so many places right now that could use a good head coach. I mean, Louisville has been abysmal for a long time. You've still got Big East programs that are struggling right now. You have Ohio State who just fired their head coach today after a good start there, but two horrible seasons back-to-back. They got rid of him before the season's even over. You've got places you could go if you are – if you are the Arkansas head coach and, and Eric Musselman, I mean, he's going to have options because I think we can all agree on this. He's a really good coach. Uh, he is a good coach. But, I mean, all of those names, maybe Louisville, okay? Maybe there's a Big East team out there that opens up that's a bigger basketball name than Arkansas. Arkansas basketball is a big deal. I mean, this is a national championship program. I mean, they've, they've, they've been to the big dance and gotten through the tournament. Now, it's been a long time, but, you know, it's been in my lifetime. You know, they, they, they give a rip about basketball out there. Um, it's hard for me to believe, unless there was some type of bigger issue, that he would leave Arkansas for Louisville. I, you know, I, I know that I guess on paper Louisville's a little bit better job, I guess, prestige-wise. Oh, I'd say so. Is it a better paying job? I would probably think so. You know, he's got to be making some bank out there in Arkansas. So, you know, I don't understand why – what's the big deal? Why does he want out of there so bad? Maybe it's just a poor fit. Maybe he just doesn't like the area. But that's a heck of a good basketball program, historically one of the top ones in the SEC. And SEC basketball is pretty dang hot right now, Jacob. It is. And if you remember, Eric Musselman signed an extension back in 2021 – that made him the at the time the eighth highest paid college basketball coach in the country at four million dollars a year which that's pretty good for college basketball which is why I think if he were to go somewhere I think that he would be paid that much if not more if he went to an even bigger program like Louisville uh, which I think historically is one of the best programs in college basketball people tend to forget about them because they haven't been relevant in the last four or five years and not just relevant they've been terrible um, in terms of just everybody else around them but 
I don't know. I mean, I think Arkansas fans like him. I think they love him. I think he fits that vibe of Arkansas, don't you think? And it's kind of like a, a Nate Oates situation at Alabama. And, you know, people question that too is if Louisville came calling or if Ohio State comes calling or if somebody bigger than Alabama comes calling, does Nate Oates dip out if Indiana fires Mike Woodson? Do they go after somebody like that? I mean, there's there's so many big names in the SEC right now that – could find themselves somewhere else this time next year. Yeah, Arkansas, a uh, overall record of 12 and 11. Their fans are not going to be very happy about that. That it's actually a little bit better record than how they've played up until this point in the season. They'll take on Tennessee tonight at eight o'clock. I believe that game is on ESPN two. Hogs catching the line opened uh, catching eight and a half. It's jumped to nine and a half over under 150.5. I'm telling you, if Tennessee doesn't take care of business here and they don't drop in bracketology, it's rigged. Rigged. I Uh-oh. mean, straight up rigged. <laughs> I'm calling. I'm calling something's uh, something's not right. Smells in Denmark right mm. there, man. Because this is a Tennessee team that's getting all the love in the world, despite kind of stumbling around lately. And on paper, they are far superior than Arkansas in basketball this season. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Andy, you're on the line with Jacob and Uncle Tebow. War Eagle. Yes, sir. What's up, man? What 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 are you doing tonight with the basketball game, man? I know you got something going on. Well, due to Lent, I gave up food, um, <laughs> so there won't be beer. I'm sorry, there won't be wings um, tonight um, to go with the, the beer, but uh, we'll see. Um, I'm um, excited for it, but who was the guest you had on yesterday that wanted Kentucky to win? Uh, Daryl Dapperich. Well, they won and they covered, so thank you, Daryl. Yep. And, um, you know, that's good news for us because, um, you know, they're, they're on their high now and they can get spanked again. But, uh, you know, when I called you all about Florida, I was a little right on that. You know, I, I haven't seen us play that hard against Bama, and I knew they are just, you know, I know, I know Coach said that they're tired, but, I think they're mentally tired. Um, I think they spent a lot on that and just going down to Florida. And like you guys have uh, talked about it, Florida was on it. We weren't. It's just hard. To, you know, you guys have played enough games of chess or soccer or football or Call of Duty where sometimes you got it, sometimes you don't. And the reference I used or the analogy I used was Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they lost six games this year. They didn't have a great year this year. They're once again Super Bowl champs. So. We'll see how we do when it matters. Um, I definitely am in a way of us being an amazing team. We're definitely a good team, but, you know, these Appalachian states and, I mean, I get losing, but, you know, when we can't hit a basket, you're not going to go that far. But, you know, it's like in the poker tournament. You never know who's going to get hot or get the right cards and, and make it to the final table. So it's yep. always exciting. Yep. That's what makes March crazy. And you, you nailed it on the head a couple, uh, maybe even a couple weeks ago where, the first day of brackets, <laughs> no one's going to have a perfect one because the teams are so uh, different this year. Oh, it's going to be a disaster. <laughs> it's oh. going to be fun, well, but it's going to be a disaster. Beautiful disaster. That's right. That's right. But, um, yeah, you but, got uh, We gave you a uh, yep. War Eagle to you, Andy. Yep. Appreciate the call, man. Uh, we gave you a shout-out Monday. Said, we wish we'd have been more like Andy last Friday and said, you know what, I'm just going to lay off this one and keep an eye on it and watch it and see what happens because Jacob and I were both very confident in these Auburn Tigers after that big win against Alabama. And we got Jabba. 
Okay, and Jabba rhymes with Florida, right? <laughs> and the gate so. and the Gators just and, and the Tigers just oh. didn't show up down there in Gainesville. That's all there is to it. Maybe they were tired. I've got some thoughts on it. We'll get that back to the break. But Andy, I know you're listening real quick. Just going to give you the quick update on the lines and for everybody else here at ScoresAndOdds.com. Auburn minus 11 and a half. Mm. Over under has dropped from 138 yesterday to 136 and a half. South Carolina plus 530. The number one team in the SEC, South Carolina, catching plus 530 on the money line? Mm. If you're a betting man, do you sprinkle a little bit on it just to, just to see? Just to flirt with it a little bit. 11 and a half, Jacob. That's a lot of points. Smells like cologne. You know what they say. 334-321-1390. We'll begin talking about that when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Back inside the studio here at ESPN 106.7 for the Wednesday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bot. I'm Jacob Goins. You're shaking your head over there, man. What What's going on? You're not feeling great about what Vegas is thinking about tonight's game, huh? I mean, they don't obviously think much about South Carolina. This is a team that's number one in the SEC on a seven-game winning streak. 21-3 and three overall. 9-2 and two in conference and what some people think is the best basketball conference in the nation right now, if not mm. maybe second best to the Big 12. And this team's leading the whole shebang. And Vegas has got them an 11-and-a-half-point dog to an Auburn team that just got blown out down in Florida, in Gainesville, catching plus 530 on the money line. It doesn't make any sense to me. Vegas has zero faith in South Carolina, folks. As a non-Auburn if look at it from a non-Auburn perspective. Do you have faith in South Carolina? Would you trust this team to go on the road yes. in probably the toughest place to play in the SEC right now into Neville Arena? Do you trust them, especially offensively, to go in and win an upset in a game like this? I mean, they've gone into some tough places and won this season. I mean, they're leading the league for crying out loud. I mean, if I'm sitting there in Chicago, Illinois, and I got nothing to better than do, then maybe fire at the man at a couple of games tonight. And I'm sitting there just perusing through the sheet, you know, looking through the phone, whatever it is you do, folks, now, for entertainment purposes only. And I see that the over-under has plummeted three points in one day, but the line has stayed the same, and the number one team in the SEC is catching 11 and a half points? It'd be crazy not to take those points, right? And just see Am I right? how it, just see where it goes, right? Well, let me tell you what South Carolina they has done. They may not score if that's right. The well, case. well, and that has happened before, right? That's happened before with this South Carolina team. They went on the road to Knoxville and against the number five team in the country. South Carolina scored sixty-three points, but guess what? They won the game. They won by four. Because they held Tennessee to 59 points in their own building. Then, they had a game at Georgia after that. They scored 72, okay. They scored 77 at Arkansas, okay. They scored 71 at Missouri, not great. But do you remember the last time they went to Tuscaloosa? 
Do you remember what happened in that game? In the second game of the SEC schedule of the SEC season? South Carolina played good defense. They held Alabama to 74 points. That's about as good as you can do. But South Carolina, in a 40-minute basketball game, scored 47 points. Goodness gracious. That's what Vegas sees, Uncle T-Bone. That is what scares Vegas more than anything. Because they don't trust the offense of South Carolina. And I said this stat yesterday. In this seven-game winning streak, their defense has not allowed more than 65 points. Let me say that again. In seven straight games, their defense has not allowed more than 65 points. That's insane. That's incredible in the SEC. That's against teams like Arkansas, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. And now they have Auburn in their sights. So the question then becomes, what happens... If South Carolina comes in and holds Auburn to 65 points or less, can Auburn hold South Carolina to less than 65 points? I mean, if you look at that over-under, that's what Vegas believes, right? They're they're looking for an ugly game in Neville Arena tonight. Goodness. This this South Carolina team and program, you can tell that Bruce Pearl has a lot of respect for this coach with his comments. But I bet he sees a lot of this team – um, this team probably for South Carolina is probably a lot like the Auburn team from last year. Plays a lot of good defense, goes on the road, doesn't shoot very well. They're going to get beat. So they better shoot well, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to be in the jungle in Neville Arena. Obviously, Vegas thinks they're they're not going to show up and they're going to be like an Auburn team of the past. It's, you know, a tournament team, a good, solid team, but – just doesn't quite have what it takes to get over the hump and win a championship because that's what South Carolina is trying to do tonight is continue this championship hunt in the SEC, and they're right there in it. I mean, if I'm wrong, please correct me, but weren't they picked by the SEC riders to be last in the league? Now that I don't know, but I'm, I'm sure they were. I'm that. sure it wasn't far off. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Vanderbilt so, was probably at the bottom and Missouri probably wasn't far behind them, but South Carolina was not picked in the top half. I can I almost mean, guarantee that. this is the that. number 11th ranked team in the country. Yep. And they're they're playing the 13th ranked team and they're catching 11 and a half. You ever seen that goofy movie? Well, it's not that goofy, actually. I, I'm being a little tough. That Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot. Yeah, I like that It's a great movie. movie, but I mean, come on. You know, it's just <laughs> completely not realistic if you know anything about history. But that being said, they're about to square off in the final battle, and the British guy, the British General Cornwallis, is there, and he's got his little... His little uh, his little periscope, and he's looking, and he's looking at the at the uh, the Patriots line, and he's and he's like, "Is that militia? That's too good to be true." You sound just like him. Yeah, I mean, he sounds something like that. And behind that, they've got the whole army stacked up that he can't see, and it's (laughs) a complete trap. Yep. This line looks like that's militia right there. Mm. There is something stinky about this line right here. Eleven and a half points. You got to be kidding me. You're Jeff. telling me they're begging you to take South they're Carolina. They're begging you to take South Carolina, just like they were begging you last week to take Alabama when they came to Neville Arena. Because I think the expectation for people that watch Auburn, know Auburn, cover Auburn, or are in the business of betting for or against Auburn, they know what tonight is supposed to look like. They know what the what the most common outcome is tonight is for Auburn to come in here and roll. 
It's for Auburn to show up back at home in the toughest place to play in college basketball in the sold-out Neville Arena after they've had a bad game on the road where everybody's losing their minds. And Auburn's going to come in here and win by 20, right? That's just what Auburn does. That's how the season goes. That's how Bruce Pearl teams roll. And it sounds like that's what Las Vegas is expecting as well. Now, I don't know what Auburn fans are thinking, and we'd love to hear from you. But I think that that's the expectation tonight, is that Auburn comes back and shows why they should be in the running to win the SEC. But you're right. South Carolina's playing for an SEC championship tonight. Because after this Auburn game, they play LSU at home, at Ole Miss, at Texas A&M, home for Florida, home for Tennessee, a team they've already beaten, and then at Mississippi State. That, it's a, it's as manageable as you can get to compete for, for an SEC title. No doubt. And I'm with you on that. You know, that's what Auburn people expect. But here's my question before we go to break. What if Auburn doesn't take care of business tonight? What then? Mm. We'll talk about that later on in the show, but coming up, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 will join us. We'll get caught up on all things Georgia athletics here on ESPN 106.7. Stick with us. Jacob Goertz on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone and Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 joins us on the phone lines. Man, we appreciate you and hope all is well going on over in Athens. Definitely. You know, we're, I guess, about a month away from the start of spring practice. Yeah. Time to fly and, you know. Getting ready for that and going through men's basketball. It's a slower time of year, but still plenty going on. Well, I know there may not be any like major storylines as of right now, but as we get closer to that spring practice, is there anything that you have that you're anticipating and kind of maybe some storylines you're looking at going into the spring practice window for Georgia football? I think the biggest thing for Georgia is just some of the obvious position battles that are going to be going on. Uh, running back, you know, they bring in. Trevor Etienne from Florida. He's a guy that is expected to be the RB1, but Georgia's got seven scholarship running backs this year, so they got a lot of guys fighting for position. Receiver, you lose guys like Lab McConkie and Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint. I brought in several different transfer receivers, probably most notably London Humphreys from Vanderbilt. Uh, got guys, also two high school guys they signed uh, in the mix there, and then probably the other one is cornerback, where you lose Kamari Laster, a guy that I think could very well sneak into that first round. He was excellent for Georgia this past season. They've got a lot of different guys that I think are going to be in the mix to replace him. Uh, one of the guys that I'm most interested in watching is Ellis Robinson, who's just a true freshman. So uh, there's a lot to watch with this, these practices. You know, there will be 15. You know, we'll get to see bits and pieces, I'm sure. Uh, and so there's definitely going to be a lot of intrigue on how these new guys look, especially they're able to separate themselves from everybody else. Jordan, uh, saw on the news the other day about a massive tight end that transferred into Georgia. I believe his name is Ben. Is it – how do you pronounce this? Uh, 
Urasek, I believe. Is how you say it. Yeah, he uh, the the film of him looked fantastic. Uh, is this is this Georgia just going to try and continue on with the uh, tight end you that Brock Bowers has started? I think so. I think you're kind of I, I described it on Dogs Twenty Four Seven as the rich getting richer because they weren't in desperate need after you lose Brock Bowers. Obviously, there's going to be a drop off, but. You had Oscar Delp, and you've got two soon-to-be sophomores in Pierce Berlin and Lawson Lucky, and you signed two freshmen in the 2024 class. But, yeah, getting Benjamin Urasek, he's a guy that was a two-time all-conference selection while at Stanford. I think he's a guy that's going to have to grow a little bit as a blocking tight end, but he is a phenomenal receiving tight end, a guy that's been able to make a lot of plays. He is coming off a, a season that was affected by injury, so I think – something of a proven ground for him. You know, I think he's a guy that's really talented. I think he's a guy that sees opportunity at Georgia to go there where, as you mentioned, you know, they've had such great tight end play these past few years. He'll get a chance to prove himself to NFL scouts, you know, be at Georgia for a year, uh, try to show that he is very capable of playing tight end at the next level. Uh, I think for Georgia, it wasn't a huge need given the other talent that's at the position, but I think we're, going to see a good bit of Benjamin Urasek uh, in 2024 and I think he's got a chance to play a really big role in this offense. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 with us here on ESPN 106.7. Some news out of Athens today uh, when it comes to Georgia football. A guy that spent 13 years in Tuscaloosa then has spent almost four in Athens Scott Cochran, the special teams coordinator, uh, is no longer with the program. He's no longer on the staff. You had a story up about it at Dogs 24-7. What can you tell us about that situation? Yeah, I think this was a situation that sort of came out of left field. I don't think people were anticipating it to play out this way. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens next for Scott Cochran. He's a guy that obviously well-renowned for his time in Alabama. And if you ever talk to any of the Georgia players, and Kirby Smart talked about it too, a uh, really big relationship guy, a guy that the players really trusted and went to uh, during his time at Georgia. So, yeah, I mean, I think this is a significant loss. I mean, he's a guy that uh, I think uh, was very important to what Kirby Smart wanted instilled as far as the culture and the attitude of the team. Um, we'll be really fascinating to see what Scott Cochran does next. And Georgia's already sort of set themselves up as far as replacing his role as special teams coordinator. They Already promoted Kirk Benedict. Uh, not a surprise. He's a guy they hired from Duke a couple of years ago. Had been just sort of a special teams analyst. So Georgia's kind of set as far as what it's going to do next. The piece of it that I'm really interested in is seeing what Scott Cochran does next. And, uh, if he winds up coaching somewhere else in 2024. Jordan, post-Super Bowl, who are some of the names, other than Brock Bowers, obviously, uh, that people should keep an eye on in some of these mock drafts, and and where are some of the uh, where are some of those names specifically Bowers is being mentioned to play for? You know, I think it's hard to tell for sure on Brock Bowers. I think he's a top ten talent, but it's sort of trying to figure out which team is going to value tight end the most. You know, I, I look at like uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, especially with Jim Harbaugh. He coached against Georgia few years ago in the college football playoff semifinal, does he decide, hey, this is the kind of guy we want and want to use our first pick of our time in Los Angeles on? Uh, I think they may find another need, maybe offensive line, maybe just a, a receiver rather than a tight end. So it's hard to say for sure on Bowers. I think he's probably a top 15 pick. 
Jabari Laster, I think he's a guy that's going to turn heads when we look to the end of the month, uh, when we get to the NFL Combine. I think he's got a chance to really help himself. Uh, and as far as those first-round guys, the, the top guys of this class, the guy that I think sort of has the most on his shoulders going into the NFL Combine is Demarius Mims. Only started eight games while he was at Georgia. Uh, was a guy that was going to be the starting right tackle this year and, and got hurt in week three. Sort of had to work his way back later on in the season. Uh, but a super talented guy, a guy that some uh, mock drafts have going in the first round. I think he's got that kind of talent. Uh, but, you know, he was only a junior. He didn't participate in that senior bowl. Uh, you know, he, he's got to go prove himself. He's got to go show that he's durable and show he can move and that he's physical. Uh, he's a guy that can really, really help his cause when it comes to going to Indianapolis for the NFL Combine and uh, showing that he is, in fact, a first-round talent. Jordan, as we flip pages over to uh, the basketball side of things for this Georgia program, they started off so well in non-conference play and even off got off to a 2-0 start in SEC play. And people forget, as of right now, Georgia's got one of the best wins in the SEC when they went on the road and beat South Carolina 74-69. to But here down the stretch on a five-game losing streak, what's been, the, what's been kind of the change in the difference here down the stretch? I think uh, it's been a multitude of issues. I think the most recurring one is just getting beat on the boards. Um, they've really struggled with getting stops in the paint. And their last loss uh, to Arkansas on the road on Saturday I mean, the Razorbacks just scored at will. And you look at the end of that game, Georgia had a chance to steal that game in a combination of, you know, I think, three of Arkansas's final four baskets in that game were layups. And I'd say the majority of those were not contested. And Georgia picked a really bad time to have its worst game as far as shooting from three-point range. Uh, it's a situation with this team where I just don't think you've seen a go-to leading scorer emerge. And it's come up again and again in games where they've been in the mix. I mean, there's still not really been an example of a game where they've just been totally blown out. I mean, you could look at that Mississippi State game uh, from last week, but it was one of those situations that was like a six-point game uh, into the final minute or so and Mississippi State took away. But they just can't seem to figure out who has to be the guy and who needs to be the guy taking the shot late. And I think it's turned into some sort of forced possessions where guys are just like, well, I guess I'm going to be the one that's going to shoot this and, and take a shot that he shouldn't or try to force the issue and have a turnover. Uh, it, it's the situation, I think it's fair to say, it's been disappointing to see how year two has played out to this point for Mike White. Uh, you know, again, started the SEC play really strong, but like a team that probably not to the level of South Carolina in terms of surprise, but hey, could still be in the mix for that maybe uh, eighth, ninth, tenth spot in the SEC, which could uh, get you into the NCAA tournament. Uh, they're off of that trajectory at this point, and they host a Florida team that uh, Auburn fans know very well, super, super dangerous, hosting them on Saturday. Georgia does get a break. They didn't have a midweek game this week, so uh, we'll see if they're able to make the most of that and try to get a win over Florida in segment on Saturday. Yeah, Georgia sitting at 10th in the SEC right now, five-game losing streak, 14-10 and 10 overall, but only 4-7 and seven in league play. Jordan, this game, Florida, 1 o'clock on Saturday in Athens. Is it do or die now for the Dogs to try and uh, get back on, uh, into any kind of NCAA tournament uh, consideration? 
I think it's huge. And I mean, I'll be honest, I, I sort of think the NCAA tournament conversation has been uh, you know, pretty much past Georgia by after losing that home game against South Carolina and then losing at Mississippi State and really at Arkansas. And Arkansas, as we know, is struggling this season. So at this point, I think Georgia should be aiming for the NIT, which I thought was a realistic goal going into year two. But uh, they've got to go a long ways just to do that. So, yeah, you, you need games like the Florida game. Uh, you still got to play Auburn twice down the stretch. They still haven't played them. Tough games against Texas A&M and LSU also on the schedule still. So, yeah, this will go a long way for Georgia uh, to not only get things back on track, but, again, Mike White might not admit it, but I know this game means a lot to him. Uh, if they're able to beat a very good Florida team, I think uh, that would be just what the doctor ordered. Well, the last time these two teams played, it was in Gainesville, and that was, I mean, that's one of the most exciting games we've seen all season in the SEC when Florida won 102 to 98. Georgia came back. I mean, well, they were down by like 20 or something in the second half, right? Yeah, I think it was 21 at one point. And, yes. Yeah, they always like to make it interesting for us <laughs> riders. You know, I, I've got probably 500 words ready to push when the game ends. And about two and a half minutes, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to have to rework this a little bit. And then Georgia set itself up in that game to have the last shot in regulation, and they turned the ball over. Florida gets it, and neither team wound up scoring. It goes to overtime, but... I think that game is a good synopsis of what this season has been so far. There's just been missed opportunities. You know, they had Tennessee down 11 with like five minutes left up on Alabama and can't finish that one. Uh, situation where they put themselves in position to win several marquee games, several really nice resume-boosting games. And again and again, we've seen it just slip through the Bulldogs' fingers. Do you feel like in this season, I know obviously here down the stretch it's not going the way that Georgia and Mike White wanted, but for a new head coach at a program that just hasn't been overly competitive in the SEC for a while now, do you feel like in year one of this era now that this team has done enough to kind of regenerate the buzz and the fan base and then the recruiting most importantly to maybe try to build this Georgia basketball program back up? I think the end of this season is going to go a long way in determining that going into year three because I think you saw, look, you know, I use Auburn as a great example of this. People want to follow winners. You know, people want to go into Stegman Coliseum and bring the energy and bring the excitement. And we saw that when they hosted Tennessee in that game I mentioned that Georgia had a great shot at. Super loud. I don't think I've ever heard Stegman louder. Uh, you know, they want you care about men's basketball again you got to remember too a lot of men's basketball seasons going on when football is not around Mm -hmm. these fans need something else to do guys but uh again you kind of have to have proof proof of concept i think that you know it's very easy and i see it all the time on our message board you know fans say well this is just the same old same old of georgia men's basketball you know i'm not going to devote time to it um, you have to have tangible success and, and show progress. And uh, Georgia's shown it in flashes, you know, shown it in spurts. That win in Columbia was super impressive. Uh, but fans, I think, are looking for more consistency. Having a five-star next year is certainly going to help the cause with Asa Newell coming in. But with that means higher expectations, the Bulldogs are going to have to work hard to try to meet those. 
Georgia trying to get back on track. They got Florida this Saturday. They've got at Vanderbilt after that. And as you mentioned, two games coming up against Auburn, including the season finale here on the Plains. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 with us every Wednesday on ESPN 106.7. Man, as always, we enjoyed it. We appreciate your time. Plug everything. Tell people where you are, how to find it, and what's coming up. Definitely. Dogs247.com. Go subscribe over there. There's all kinds of good content with men's basketball, football, football recruiting. Uh, a lot to talk about over there. On Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill. On Twitter at Dogs247. And yeah, keep it uh, tuned in. I'm actually going to be gone for a few days, uh, getting married on Friday night. So super excited about that. But uh, I'll be back in no time and probably just about in time for uh, the NFL Combine and continuing the countdown to spring football. Awesome. Well, hey, congratulations on getting married, man. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day right there. Big news, Jordan. (laughs) Dogs 247 locking it down. Congratulations, my friend. I appreciate you guys. Thanks so much, man. Well, hey, enjoy that trip, and uh, we'll talk to you coming up, not next week, but the week after that. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247. He's with us here on ESPN 106.7. A married man the next time we talk to him. How about that? We'll talk to him in a couple of weeks, and we'll have our final segment in hour number one when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. How about Jordan Hill, huh? Joining us and he now is going to be married and he's going to he can't take some time out of the honeymoon coming up next week to come on the show. That's what is that about, Jordan? I mean, whatever. Congratulations, Jordan. You just ruined your life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tell us how you feel. Tell I us mean, how you you're feel. You're a single man covering sports, living the dream, and you're going to lock it down with just one chick. He's done. We may not even see Jordan again. He'll probably be working at Lowe's next year. You're done. You're grounded. <laughs> that's Jordan well, Dawson, by the way. That's right. The sales queen right here. That is at true. The Auburn that Network. Is true. Jordan, you going to the game tonight? Heck yeah. It's, what, that, it's Valentine's Day. That's our date. I yeah. might have a hot dog for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Arena basketball from the arena. Yeah, from the we got to specify from the arena and uh, kid or no kid tonight. No kid. No kid. There you go. Parentals were like, "Hey, y'all want to see? Wow, so y'all looky can there, watch our dog looky weekend? there." Well, <laughs> well, you're able to get it. So you're able to get a ticket tonight because it's it's a pretty hot seat tonight when uh, South Carolina comes to town. I'm excited. Yeah, it should be. I mean, look, it's going to be a good one. We've been talking about how it just doesn't seem like. Uh, doesn't seem like South Carolina should be 11.5-point underdogs when they are top team in the league, number 11 in the country. I mean, everything points to them coming in and upsetting Auburn, but uh, Vegas doesn't think so. I, I mean, it's just ridiculous that they're an 11-point uh, dog to Auburn. I don't care if the game's in Neville Arena or not. I mean, Auburn's red hot at home. Let's make no mistake about that. But this is the number one team in the SEC who's playing about as good a basketball as anybody in the league. I mean, they're on a seven-game winning streak. So, uh, I, this one uh, really has me shaking my head. I The, the, the boys in Vegas – I don't think they make many mistakes. So, you know, uh, I mean, a money line's at 540. 
I mean, those are tremendous odds. Tigers got to take care of business tonight. Well, you know where South Carolina ranks in the net rankings, don't you? Do you know where they are currently? Auburn's still a top 10 team. Auburn's still hanging around up there doing their thing. Auburn is currently seventh in the net rankings. South Carolina is all the way down at 45 in the net based off of wins, losses, numbers, all that jazz. They're 45th in the net rankings. Jordan, are you keeping up with Jack Hudden's rankings? You know, his <laughs> matrix, the HUD matrix. The HUD rankings. The, the HUD rankings Trademarked on Twitter. It. Trademarked and everything. Over you have to pay at him. Jack Hudden 12. You have to pay him a penny every time you say it. <laughs> right. So it, we're up to like eight cents that we owe him. But Jack, text <laughs> us, call in, let us know where you have South Carolina because I don't understand all these metrics, Jordan. Do you? I mean, I keep I up with not, like the AP. I'm a not a numbers person. I'm a talker. Said the sales rep. So... Yeah, I'm a talker. I can. I'm the seller. I, I mean, I can. Count. I'm pretty sure sales has everything to do with numbers, but I mean, that's what calculators are for, bud. Um, that's yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. And, and Jack I mean, Cutting, they even got those on phones now. I can't believe it. <laughs> Smartphones with screens and everything on them. Isn't that crazy? Magic. Yeah. Well, Jack Cudden cannot text us. He's actually on the air right now. He's he calling is. Auburn He's High busy. School postseason basketball up in Birmingham right now. How about that? Wednesday, I didn't know Jack right Attack now. was going to Bammerham today. I yeah. Had to. Yeah. I hope he gets out. Right alive <laughs> girl lady tigers got a win earlier i ran the board i was his producer in the first game and now the boys Hardest are playing right now station it's ridiculous oh, yeah without a doubt y'all gotta give this guy a break jordan hey, trust me i jordan does her best i yeah Jordan helps out. I try. She does. Well, yeah, if you want to tune in and see how that's going, you can ju- jump over to 96.3 W. Lee, but be sure you come right back as we uh, are wrapping up this first hour. And coming up in the second hour, we're going to talk more Auburn basketball, South Carolina tonight, other games around the conference, around the country, uh, some news around the sport of football. you got all sorts of things going on. Win projections for Hugh Freeze and the Tigers this fall. I want to talk about that to start off hour number two. And again, we want your thoughts on the game tonight. All Auburn and South Carolina inside of Neville Arena, 7.30. Of course, locally on the broadcast, you can find that on Wings 94.3 and WingsFM.com. Pre-game will be at 7, and airtime will be 7.30 here locally with Andy Burcham and the guys. So that's all coming up in hour number two. We'll talk about that. The win projections for Hugh Freeze and Auburn football as spring practice is right around the corner, believe it or not. And more. Give us a call. 334-321-1390. Hour number two coming up. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goertz. 
You're on the line here on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway here in hour number two on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goetz. He's Uncle T-Bone as we get into hour number two. If you missed any of the first hour, uh, you can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast or on our station website at ESPNAU.com. We talked to Jordan Hill back in the first hour of Dogs 247. We also uh, talked some Auburn basketball as basketball we will continue doing that here in hour number two and we want to get your thoughts on the game coming up tonight between Auburn and South Carolina where's your confidence level at is Auburn going to roll in this game Auburn going to look refreshed in this game does South Carolina come in and pull the big upset in Neville Arena we want to hear from you 334-321-1390 and before we get to that there have been some projections out for college football win totals and for Auburn in particular and it's never too early to start talking about the fall around here Auburn sitting right depending on where you look Auburn sitting right around seven and a half wins for 2024 and I had a conversation in here yesterday with some of our callers and listeners about what the expectations should be for Auburn, but also what the expectations should be for Alabama. And I posed this question, Uncle T-Bone, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Which fan base and which program should have higher expectations in 2024? First-year head coach Kalen DeBoer in Alabama, right? First-year head coach Kalen DeBoer in Alabama, or second-year head coach Hugh Freeze in Auburn, which team should have higher expectations coming up in 2024 and why? Man, that is a tough question. I mean, I guess what is the actual expectation for each team? I mean, uh, you know, Alabama with with Auburn. Realistic expectations. I should probably throw that in there. Yeah, if Auburn were to win 10 games, would it feel like if Alabama – you know, made it back to the Final Four in the college football playoffs but but got bounced out, right? I mean, would that be the same feeling in each fan base? Uh, I don't know. You know, honestly, realistically, boy, that is a really difficult question. You, you know Alabama fans, so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. They're, they're, they're going to go ahead. The, the majority of Alabama fans probably, unfortunately, still think they're just going to roll out and dominate like they did under Saban for the next, you know, amount of years that Saban was the head coach at Alabama, okay? I mean, Alabama fans are championship or bust. They've been like that forever. I mean, you know, it's not good enough to get to the Final Four. It's it's not going to be good enough for Alabama if they get into the playoffs. This is a team that lost to Texas last year in the second game, and I had friends of mine – not all of them, but a few that I know that are Alabama fans call me and tell me they thought that Saban should have retired then. Mm. You know, I mean, that, that, that you're talking about a program that, that you know, has some of the most unrealistic expectations and, and manages to, to do as good, if not better, than anybody in college football with them. So, um, but which team should have higher expectations? I've got my answer. Surely to goodness, Auburn should have way higher expectations next year than winning six games. 
and losing to the likes of New Mexico State and getting blown out by both them and Maryland, right? I mean, I think Auburn should be realistically staring down an eight- or nine-win season next year. A lot of places have Auburn as projected win total seven and a half for 2024. I mean, this program was in such dire straits. I mean, I fell into the trap of excitement last year in the preseason when all these new names were coming in out of the transfer portal, and I thought there was going to be some big things happening in year one with Hugh Freeze. I fell into the trap last year as a longtime Auburn fan of Terry Bowden going undefeated his first season and, and Gus Malzahn going to the national championship game in his first season. And, that you know, we've done it before. We can do it again. We can catch lightning in a bottle. I did not realize, because I was blinded by my fandom, how bad this program was. What Brian Harson left it. And I'm recalibrating here and asking for something that's almost unrealistic in all fan bases for Auburn fans to be really patient, and that includes this year. And, and in my belief, if Auburn wins eight games next year, Hugh Freeze is well on his way to turning this program around. The problem is, Jacob, there's a large percentage of Auburn fans who never wanted, a larger percentage than there should be of Auburn fans who never wanted Hugh Freeze to be here at all. And they'd rather see it burn than him get eight or nine wins just so they can run around town with the microphone that they've tried to steal from every rational fan and say, we told you so, you should have listened to us. Hmm. So, you know, I know I'm kind of going off in some different subjects here from the questions, but it's a complicated it's a complicated question. It's multi-layered. I'm going to say if Auburn wins eight games next year, Hugh Freeze has done one heck of a great job in year two, and we should be really really excited heading into year three. If Alabama only wins 10 or 11 games next year, their fans are going to be furious. See, I'm going to give you my answer here. And the question again is, which program should have higher expectations going into 2024? Year one under Kalen DeBoer at Alabama or year two under Hugh Freeze at Auburn? My answer is Auburn. Auburn should have higher expectations because the way I look at it, And I'm with you. We fell into this trap. A lot of people did. With a year one head coach at a big time program, and I'm going to break all this down, so bear with me here. A year one coach at a program should have zero expectations. They should have none because of the change that they're going through, because of the differences in what was and what is to be. And that's exactly what's about to happen at Alabama with Kalen DeBoer. Now, Will their fans say that and think that? Well, probably not, because you're right. It is championship robust in T-Town, as it should be, because that's how it's been for the last 17 years. But we also have to look at what the difference is with Kalen DeBoer taking over Alabama following Nick Saban and retiring versus what Hugh Freeze took over after Brian Harson was fired. There's a difference there. And there's a difference in those two rosters. If you took the 2024 current Alabama football roster right now and you put them on the field with the roster that Hugh Freeze took over and put on the field in August last year, it'd be be bad. It'd be bad. Because Alabama still has a lot of talent. Now, 
Can Kalen DeBoer coach at this level? I don't know. We're going to see. Does he have a coaching staff that's put together and is halfway decent? I don't know. We're going to find out. Not at, not at the moment. Not at the moment, exactly. It's not a full staff. And so how much does all that impact Alabama in year one? Good thing is they've still got a boatload of talent. And good thing is they still have some winnable games on their schedule. But they also have some losable games on their schedule. And you go and look at it, it's not easy. It's harder than it usually is for Alabama. And on the flip side, Auburn's is easier. Auburn has one of the easiest schedules I've seen in my lifetime on the football field come you know, up next I year. I don't want to call it easy, but I think the, the, a better word is it's one of the most manageable schedules that they've had in our lifetime. That's fair. Because, you know, you don't really know what you're going to get from any of these teams except for a few of them heading into 2024. You know Georgia's going to be fantastic, right? You think Missouri's going to be fantastic. I mean, they're going to be in everybody's preseason top ten. You know, but you, you Kentucky could step up and be something great. Oklahoma could step up and be great, right? You got to still play Alabama. You know they're going to be solid. A&M could step up and be great. So, you know, no one saw Missouri coming out and doing what they did this past year, and really a lot of people didn't see Ole Miss doing the same. So uh, easy is uh, an easy word to use. I understand it, but it's definitely one of the more manageable schedules I've ever seen at Auburn. And that's fine, and we can use, and I'm cool with that, we can use the manageable description. And you look at it, and year two, with the talent that Hugh Freeze has brought in, with the recruiting class he's brought in, and the transfers he's brought in, and a lot of fans are hoping there's some more with that after the spring. I, I believe there will be. There probably will. I think the expectations for Auburn should be higher than they are for Alabama. Because this is year two. This is that bridge year between the first year where there should not be expectations and year three where it's time to fully deliver. This is that bridge year where Auburn fans want to see progress. They want to see improvement. Something we were begging for in the middle of the season last year and just did not get a whole lot of. We got some, but it was a lot of two steps forwards and five steps back. Auburn can't afford to do that in year two. That cannot happen in the bridge year. And so that's why I think the expectations for Auburn this year absolutely should be eight or nine wins. Alabama, I don't think you could put a number on it. And you start looking at their schedule, and we had a little bit of a conversation about this yesterday. South Florida at home, we know how that game went last year. Not that South Florida's anything, but you just never know. At Wisconsin, Georgia... South Carolina, at Tennessee, at LSU, at Oklahoma, hosting Auburn. I think it's realistic to say there's losses on that schedule. No, I I totally, totally believe there's losses on that schedule. You know, and I don't care what anybody says. uh, You know, this coach that inherited a program from the greatest of all time at a weird part of the football calendar – has already had issues, okay? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily 100% accurate, but their name was thrown in with some tampering accusations. Whether they were tampering or not, I don't think they were against the rules. Are there any rules really for it? They sure were looking at another quarterback is what I read into that. 
You know, and Milrow's got one heck of an arm, throws one of the prettiest deep balls I've ever seen. Have you seen him throw short passes? Those touch passes that Michael Penix can put anywhere? That's what that offense takes. You got to be able to put the ball all around the field at all around different yardages. But how's that offense going to look now that Ryan Grump's not there? Exactly. And so they're going to go with what they think's the next Ryan Grubb and promote from within. It's probably because it's way too late just to go out and bring a whole new coordinator in and start a whole new system. Now, look, Kalen DeBoer's system's proven to work at Washington. Okay? But, you know, let's just be real. Washington's a little bit different game than the University of Alabama and the SEC. They've lost a ton of players off that roster. They've replenished it very well. They're going to have to have some younger guys step up immediately with a whole new coaching staff that is still fragmented. They lost a strength and conditioning guy today to the NFL, an offensive line coach that went with Ryan Grubb to Seattle. They got to get this program headed right into spring practice with everybody on the same page. And let's just be real honest. Are they all on the same page right now after this transition at a weird time of the calendar year in football? Mark Schleyball doesn't think so. You remember him, everybody. That number one hater of Auburn, senior writer at ESPN. Well, he's got his top up way too early, top 25 out. He did this uh, back about a month ago, I believe. Well, he updated it yesterday. And then he updated it yesterday, and he's dropped Alabama already from four to nine. You know, if Alabama finishes ninth next year, what's the trajectory of that program under Kalen DeBoer? Has he stepped in and stabilized everything and we're heading the right direction, or are we slipping? I think it's kind of what we've seen with Auburn is how does it look? How how does that top 10 finish look if Alabama finishes top 10? And the same question goes for Auburn if they finish top 20, top 15, which I think should be the expectation. How does it look? Do you handle the games you're supposed to handle? Do you lose games to South Florida or New Mexico State? Do you go on the road and handle business against a good team? That's what we're going to have to judge. And for the first time, we get to do that with Alabama in a long, long time. And we're going to get a whole nother ride in another year to do it again with Auburn. Well, you mentioned their schedule. And to me, it looks about like any other time an SEC schedule looks. I mean, Alabama is always almost better than every team on the schedule that they play, except this year they get Georgia in the regular season. They do get them at home. Alabama's got a confidence factor as a program against Georgia because Nick Saban dominated them pretty much. But he's gone, allegedly. And then you got Oklahoma in there, too. You draw Oklahoma instead of Texas. Well, you know, I know Oklahoma's probably not quite as good as Texas right now, but they're still a heck of a good football program that you haven't seen the likes of in a long time. They're real, that's almost like having a, another uh, out-of-conference game, although it's in-conference, That's right? a 10-win team Yeah, a year ago. And you saw what happened when the last time you mixed up with a Big 12 team in Tuscaloosa. Well, this time you're going on the road. That's a week before you host Auburn. That's a bad draw. I think this schedule, if you'd have seen it a couple of years ago, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. They'll they'll be fine. There's there's maybe one loss on there. Look at the – listen to this run. Now, I know that South Carolina's not where they need to be as a program. But two weeks after you play Georgia, you got a 
host South Carolina, go to Tennessee, and host Missouri. Tennessee and Missouri are going to be good football teams next year, and you go to Tennessee, there's more than two losses on this schedule, possibly. Not to mention you got to make a trip down to Death Valley and see Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers as well. This whole, this whole game against Wisconsin, I think Alabama fans should keep a real eye on because the week before they're going to play South Florida. That's a bowl team, South Florida, a team that gave you problems last year. I know it's under some weird circumstances, but the Bulls are a good football team. Okay, Listen, bad teams are teams that are lesser than your program are way better now than they were 10 years ago. The South Floridas and even Western Kentuckys of the world would beat the same teams 10 years ago just because of the transfer portal. A lot of good talent ends up at schools like this early on and gets a chance to play because they don't want to sit at Florida as a four-star quarterback out of high school for two years. They go there and sit, and there's five people in front of them, so I'll just go to South Florida and play for a couple years. These lesser teams have raised their talent level. Auburn found that out against New Mexico State, unfortunately. Yeah, they found out firsthand. And Alabama almost found out that against South Florida. Now, I'm not saying they're going to lose to the Bulls, but the Bulls are a physical football team. Jack Hudden and I sat there in the other studio, in the wing studio, and watched a lot of that football game during the pregame show that we did this last fall, and we were shocked. We were shocked. Caleb Downs got trucked in that game. And so this is going to be a team that's physical. They've got a little confidence because they took you to the brink last year, and you're going to have to host them the second game of the year, and then – but that's what you call the classic look-ahead game because you got a big boy the next week at Wisconsin where you've never even traveled to before. So I'm with you. This schedule is a little different, and the circumstances are much different, and national writers are already saying Alabama's coming down. It's so much fun talking about college football in February, man. Can't beat it. Cannot beat it. We'd love to hear from you about this or anything else on your mind. 334-321-1390. We'll talk some college basketball, Auburn, South Carolina, SEC, and more coming up here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. This is the Wednesday edition of On the Line. He is Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins with you back in the studio. Give us a call. What are you thinking about today on this Wednesday afternoon? 334-321-1390. Looking around college basketball, what's coming up? What happened last night? What's coming up tonight? Most importantly, we will talk a whole lot more about Auburn and South Carolina. We still want to get your thoughts on this game. Maybe fans are nervous about the game tonight. I'll say this. I'm nervous about it. I think Auburn fans should absolutely be worried about South Carolina. And I'll say this too, I think Auburn should be more concerned with the South Carolina game tonight than they should the Kentucky game coming on Saturday. No, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, Kentucky comes to town, you're always going to be on an emotional high. Game day will be here. I mean, the students will start probably, especially if Auburn wins tonight, they'll start camping out in Pearlville Maybe, They'll walk out of the arena and just, and just get back go right, in line. Right into their tent, right? <laughs> yep, so, yep. now I'm with you. This is a dangerous game for the Tigers. Uh, I don't want to call it a look-ahead game. because oh, South, they better not. They better not because South Carolina is so good. Look, Jacob, this is the type game that Auburn needs to do what Auburn does best 
in any athletic situation, and that's get physical and be blue collar. You know, I grew up in Auburn. There's a wonderful university here. For the most part, my entire life, this has been pretty much a white-collar town. But Auburn athletics, especially in the big three, is not an entitled program. They're not blue bloods. They just can't expect to roll out and beat people. That's what I kind of feel like when I was talking to Andy earlier. He said we looked tired. I felt, felt like we looked entitled. Like, we just beat Alabama. We're number one in the league. We're going to roll down to Gainesville. We're going to take care of business. And we got that shoved in our throat. Auburn has got to take on the mentality from here on out in every single game that we will fight you, we will cut you, we will bite you, we will do whatever it takes anytime, anywhere to win the football game, and that we are a lunch pail type program we're going to outwork you. We're going to out-hustle you. We're going to outplay defense you. Because if they don't, this South Carolina will try and team will try and do that to them. And we'll get a big fat L out of it when this is a team right now that could take care of business, squarely get itself right back into the SEC championship run, which they're close now, only one game back, and build up a whole heck of a lot of momentum to do the same thing to Kentucky Saturday at home and make a statement that we are definitely a top-10 team in the AP and not just in the net rankings. And we are poised now. We got our minds right. We got our championship grit. And we're about to take it to the next level for a national championship run. That's what I think is at stake tonight. Well, let me say this. With this Auburn team, I think it's been proven that they are not – unbeatable they are not invincible they are not above all every other team they're very good and when they play their best when they play to their expectation and to their capability yeah they're pretty close to that line but they have not played like that time in and time out and guess what reality check no team does that each and every night it's not physically possible to do that but the goal is to do it in more games than not, and do it in the games that absolutely matter, that you absolutely have to have. And guess what? That starts tonight. That starts tonight with South Carolina. That moves into Saturday when you host Kentucky. It has everything to do, and it moves on to Tennessee on the road. Those are the games where you have to show up and play your best basketball because guess what? These are NCAA tournament-type games. Yeah, you're playing at home, But this is a perfect situation of a Sweet 16 game. If you don't show up and play, the other team across from you will beat you. I guarantee it. No, look, and physically it's not possible to be at your 100% every single game. I totally get it. And mentally, it's not either. But you got to make the – you got to have the fortitude – to take on that competitive spirit, whether you're playing in the Alaska shootout, in Gainesville, you know, in Dayton, in in Jefferson County Arena, up in Huntsville or in Neville Arena. You know, I know it's easy for Auburn to have a mental toughness inside Neville Arena. That fortitude must begin to travel from here on out because the teams that win a national championship or get down to the Final Four are the – Teams like last year, like FAU, okay, who just refuse to lose. Just take on that mentality. Refuse to lose. I know it's impossible, 
But if you take on that mentality, you're going to go somewhere deep with this team because it is deep and it does have a lot of talent. And it's proven that it can wreck teams when it wants to. That's got to start tonight with South Carolina coming to Neville Arena. Number 11, Gamecocks. Number 13, Tigers going at it in Neville Arena at 7.30 tonight. When we come back, we'll continue talking about that. And Mark, you'll be first up when we come back here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. We appreciate you being with us on this sunny Wednesday afternoon. Let's get to the phone lines here on ESPN 106.7, 334-321-1390. And Mark, you're on the line, man. We appreciate you holding on through the break. What's up? Uh, hey, guys. Happy hop day. Hey, uh, <laughs> got to tell you, yesterday... Daryl Daffritz, I think, had the best description of the Auburn loss, you know, that I've heard from anybody. I don't think Auburn went down there thinking they were going to, you know, just walk all over Florida. I think it was just one of those things that it just happens in basketball. And I know you don't like to say Kansas, everybody else, but it does. It happens to everybody, and it just happened to be Auburn's weekend to get that handed to them. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other thing um, that I had to comment, you know, uh, T-Bone said a while ago that all these mid-level schools are, you know, picking up all this talent. Well, they're also losing that talent also. Th they are. Both ways. Yeah. They're not just getting it. They're giving it. Well, and, and and especially the when they get – hold on, Mark. Especially when they get better. Like North Texas two years ago all of a sudden came out of nowhere in football, right? And, and and got into a decent bowl for them. And then you start seeing the bigger teams start pilfering that talent. Like we got two of their players, one linebacker and one wide receiver from that from that good team. Well, what you're going to see is you're going to see those mid-level teams are going to get the worst of the Power Five or the big boy players, while the ones that enter the transfer portal from those schools are the best that they've got usually, that are leaving, or most of the time. Now, I'm not going to say usually. But um, and the other thing, what did South Florida, what was their record last year? Uh, to end of the year, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, T-Bone's about to pull it up. I mean, I don't. it wasn't anything crazy. You're talking South Florida football, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know that off the top of my head, but T-Bone's about to, he's going to let us know. Is this? I assume this is in relation to uh, what we were talking about a second ago. It is on the football, and, and mm -hmm. I was going to make a comparison between that and what happened with Auburn, you know, to Florida. You know, the same thing happens in football. Some days you just have that – it just happens where it's yeah. a perfect storm. You know, they had the weather. They had the quarterback controversy. Alabama had everything, you know, I'm not going to say go against them because they ended up winning the game, but it was just one of those things that happened. And luckily they got out of there with a win and – you know, against him, like that. All we didn't. We just got it handed to us that day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, that's because Alabama. Right. Alabama had a far superior roster than Auburn did last year, and 
and it was the culmination of years of recruiting and and they 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 had a couple of those games last year not just south florida but at home against arkansas and certainly here in jordan hare stadium where they should have lost but south florida went seven and six last year with a big time bowl victory in boca raton over syracuse 45 to nothing so they were an above 500 team last season okay that's what i was wondering you guys have a great afternoon thanks you too Go mark tigers <laughs> that's right man we appreciate you calling in mark 334-321-1390 we'll continue getting to the phone lines talking a little basketball believe we got a guy on the road right now heading back from uh, birmingham jack hutton voice of the auburn high school basketball tigers what's up man how are you what's going on fellas i'm doing well after uh two big wins by auburn high all right all right yeah, yeah, the girls take down Daphne, uh, 62-57, to 57, and then the guys turn around do the same thing, 69-60. to 60. So, got two squads moving on to the second round. And this was this was basically the, the Sweet 16, right? Moving on to the Elite Eight, that'll be next Tuesday back at Birmingham, right? That's correct. Uh, so, you've got two teams in the Elite Eight now. Uh, it's going to be the girls playing fully next week on ah. Wednesday. And uh, it'll be the guys playing Uncle T-Bone's favorite high school team, the Central Red Devils. Shocker. Uh, who they will meet once again. Yeah, for the fourth time this year, Auburn High and Central going to meet up there. And, uh, guys, I'm telling you, if, if you haven't seen this team live, you're not going to get another chance in Auburn this year, unfortunately. Um, and, obviously, look, it's a long trip. It's, it's way out of the way. It's during a work day. But if for some reason you get the hankering to do it, Come on up to Birmingham next week on Wednesday uh, to, to Bill Harris Arena at the Birmingham Crossplex, and uh, I mean, you know, we'll be on socials and stuff advertising it. But this is this is a special program to watch right now. Both of them in the Elite Eight. Um, you know, it's a really good chance that that one of these teams is going to wind up going to a Final Four and and competing for a state championship. So been a lot of fun to cover um and you know today it was uh, nothing short of that yeah that's awesome jack not the river rats again for a fourth time yeah. did, did you right. did i hear that correctly what's the record so far for the baby tigers versus the river rats this season yeah so you've got a couple of thrillers in uh, auburn high school both of them in the auburn high gym uh both of them by three where they were decided first one is a double overtime uh, regular season matchup that the Tigers win 83-80. to 80. And then uh, in the Area 4 championship just last week, uh, Auburn was down 11 in the fourth quarter. They were down 11. They come all the way back, and uh, they win it by three with a couple of late steals and some free throws to ice it. Um, but the Central got the best of them over in Phoenix City earlier in the year, 69-57. Oh, that was a 12-point game. So it's going <laughs> to be interesting to see what happens on a neutral site game. Uh, you know, I think Central may have a little bit of an advantage just because it's a bigger floor and they like to run more than Auburn does. But Auburn's going to have them beat in depth. And so what does it look like from that standpoint? I'm excited to come back next week. Now, Jack, is the Final Four, is it in Birmingham too, if, uh, if both of these programs get there, or is it somewhere else? Yeah, so the Final Four uh, will also be in Birmingham. Um, and so if you're if you're looking to watch these teams play – Make a day trip uh, at some point. It'll be next week where they'll uh, they'll play once again in Bill Harris Arena uh, for the Elite Eight, and in the Final Four, I believe this year. Um, well, I, let me let me not say the location yet because I'm not 100 percent certain on that, but um, I'll uh, I, I'll make sure that we get that out to socials and everything before we get on. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, hey, congrats to you. Congrats to Auburn High as they continue moving on. You'll have coverage of that next Tuesday up in Birmingham. And look, you're on the road and you've got plenty of time. You're going to make it back in time for Auburn University basketball as they host South Carolina tonight. What? Uh, how are you feeling about that game, Jack? Yeah, man. So I think the biggest thing for Auburn tonight uh, is to remember who you are at home. Um, I don't think that this is necessarily a uh, obviously, it's it's not necessarily a cupcake game by any stretch. I mean, you got one of the probably what I think is a top fifteen team, um, and I think most of the rest of the country thinks that way. Of course, they're number eleven in the AP poll, but you've got them coming into your arena. However, guys, we've seen this Auburn team play at Neville. We've seen it for the past few years, and time and time again, you see big name programs come in here. And they don't do as well, nearly as well as you see in other gyms. I mean, this is—it's a different place to play. Look, I think anytime Auburn is, is in Neville Arena this season, I don't think that there's a really good chance anybody's walking in there and winning. I mean, you could—you can give me Kentucky here in the next week. I don't think there's a good chance of that happening. I don't even think that you could get a team that's in the upper echelon of college basketball a Houston, a UConn, somebody like that. I think they'd be hard pressed to win in this arena. So. I don't know if I see Auburn dropping this one. What I think is more interesting is what does Auburn look like away from home as we get later into the season because and the, the road struggles continue for this team. And as you guys well know, the NCAA tournament is not played on your home floor. Uh, so Auburn's got to figure out how to win away from home. But uh, at the same time, you got to take care of that great home court advantage that you have. Uh, look, I think Neville Arena is worth maybe 10 or 15 points on any, any given night. I really do. Uh, and so I think that Auburn is, is going to be an advantage tonight. Um, I think they've got a size advantage underneath. You know, South Carolina is going to have a couple of pounds on them down low, but Auburn's going to have the height advantage. I think Auburn pounds it in the middle tonight with Jalen Williams and Janai Broom. And I think Auburn gets just enough three-point shooting uh, to win this. I believe the spread was 11 and a half last time I looked. Yeah, learned. that's what it is. And we do we have hammered that today because we we just I don't know, it just seems weird, Jack. That's a lot of points with a with a top 15 matchup in the SEC. It's a lot of points and I tell you what, give me the Tigers by more than 11 and a half. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm okay. taking Auburn uh, who's giving up 11 and a half. Yeah. I think Auburn wins this by double digits tonight. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if you're right. Well, man, we appreciate you calling in. Safe travels back from Birmingham. And uh, again, congrats to the Auburn High Tigers moving on to the Elite Eight. Man, and yeah, I just wanted to mention one more time. Uh, again, next Wednesday, it'll be on 96.3 W. Lee. I'll have the call. So if you can't make the trip to Birmingham, join us there. Uh, don't know times for that yet. We're still figuring that out. But once we get those, we'll pass those along and uh, make sure that those are readily available. So, uh, hey, appreciate everybody's support. And uh, we'll see you next week. Go Tigers and War Eagle. Thanks so much, Jack. That is Jack Hutton joining us on the phone lines, driving back from Birmingham as the uh, Auburn High School girls and boys up basketball playing in the Sweet 16, both moving on to the Elite Eight. Let's continue with the phone lines, 334-321-1390. You're on the line. Who are we speaking with? Spectre. Hey, Spectre. What's up, man? Hey, T-Bone. Hey, Spectre. How are you, buddy? All right. Refuse to lose. I love it. Yeah, man, we just got you got to take that mentality on from here on out. Bring that lunch pail to the arena, and uh, let's get it on. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that all week long. I kept saying uh, they wouldn't, they weren't tired, they weren't exhausted. But entitlement is it. 
they went in after that Bama game. They went down there and figured all they had to do was show up. Entitlement you know, it, is is the it's like wild. It's like throwing gasoline on a job of fire. When yeah. when Auburn gets entitled, when Auburn gets the big head, when Auburn thinks it can just roll into a sporting event and take care of business, it, it, they get New Mexico stated. Right. Yeah. They at the drop of the ball, they were never in that game. They never. They were never ahead of the game. They were never tied in the game. They just lost it from the drop of the ball. But anyway, uh, I love it. Refuse to lose. And I agree. I think it's going to be double digits tonight. Okay. Okay. Well, there we, we got like some confidence it. from Auburn fans. I hey, like we appreciate it. the call, Spectre. Great to hear from you, man. Hey, you guys. Hey, Jacob, breaking news. Uh-oh. We haven't been able to do this in a while. It has to do with uh, Auburn football program. Not not earth-shattering news, but over at the bunker, that's our friend Brian Matthews who's uh, with Bill on the drive, J.G. Tate, is reporting that Auburn has hired Kenyatta Watson away from Georgia Tech to be the Tigers' new director of recruiting research and strategy. Now, let me tell you, folks, I know this probably isn't earth-shattering news, but our guy Charlie Five, who we know very well, has been saying for a few years to keep an eye on this guy. Apparently, he is a jam-up jam up recruiter in the Atlanta area and Hugh Freeze continuing to show that recruiting in the high school level is the way home for Auburn to get back to complete national relevancy as a football program and I agree with them the the portal is not the way to go recruiting is real quick they're reporting prior to joining Florida staff Florida State staff in July of 21, Watson spent more than a decade developing youth and high school football talent in the Atlanta metro area. And let me tell you what, folks, Georgia has historically been a fertile recruiting ground for Auburn in its heyday. And right now, there's tons of talent in the state of Georgia, but Atlanta is where it's at. Maurice Harris also hired today with him as well, who was uh, the offensive coordinator at Jackson State last year and the co-coordinator at Liberty with Freeze when he was there for the last four years. And he has huge, huge pull in the state of Mississippi when it comes to recruiting. Let's get to the phone lines again. 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey, Jacob. Hey, T-Bone. How are y'all? Doing good, man. What can we do for you? Hey, guys, I don't know what Jack Hudden had for lunch, but I won't double. <laughs> I don't know what he had for lunch either. South Carolina's a pretty good basketball team. And, and oh, by the way, can we can we talk we talk about, you know, T-Bone Hurt talking about Auburn's performance at Florida or whatever that was. Yeah. They've been terrible on the road all year, and they can't beat a good team on the road. That That's my biggest concern. I'm tired of hearing about Ole Miss. Arkansas's pathetic. Vanderbilt's always pathetic. Yeah, so, I mean, Tigers 3-3 three and three on the road. They – they they didn't they got in a rock fight against both state and uh, Alabama in that first road trip swing and uh, those losses uh, on paper score wise weren't anything compared to what happened at Florida. Look, I you know I, I can get as negative Nancy as anybody. Florida did have an inherent advantage in that game. Um, they had a week to rest. Auburn's lost down there about a thousand times. It feels like in a row. And and even in the year that we went Final Four, I know I'm giving you all the uh, creedful uh, excuses, but even the year we went Final Four, we got blown out on the road a couple of times. So I want to see how they look tonight and react to it. So, t when did you start selling used cars? I've got a couple of <laughs> you want to buy some now. <laughs> hey, I can do some sales, my friend. You got you, you got an opening? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> 
But I mean, if, I'm not buying that stuff because I know. you lose to Alabama by four in Coleman and beat them by 17 at home. Yeah, I, I know. I never win is worth 13 points. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I get tired of hearing it too. I'm just telling you what the uh, narrative is. It was a terrible loss down in Florida, and we look pathetic. That's just all there is to it. I said it on Monday. I'll say it again. But I just need to see how they react tonight. But it's not just Florida, T-Bone. It's every good team on the road. They look pathetic. Yeah, but Mississippi State's not even a good team. There's very few teams in college basketball right now because of parity that go on the road and dominate. Right. I mean, you found out last night again, North Carolina is easily a top-10 team. Syracuse is nothing compared to the Syracuse we once knew and loved under Jimmy Beheim, Be- And they got beat. I don't know what's up with it. It's a trend. I'd like to see Auburn break the trend because I think the teams that can go on the road right now against unranked teams that are good, like Iowa State did against Cincinnati last night, are the type teams that make it to the Final Four. They've got well, the Jacob, championship grit. <clears throat> Jacob, I told you yesterday – they don't play the NCAA tournament at Neville Arena. So beat somebody good, and then I'll recognize it. That's totally understandable. Guys. Thanks so much, Terry. Here's what I'll say before we get to break. They don't play it in Neville Arena, but they don't play it on the road in the SEC either. 334-321-1390. We'll take our final break. Got one more phone call. Oh, by the way, we got to do a giveaway. Let's do it. Let's do a giveaway Happy really Valentine's quick here. Day. Happy Valentine's Day in the season of Auburn baseball getting underway. Opening day coming up on Friday. I've got two tickets for the first person that gives me a call right now that wants to go to Plainsman Park Friday for opening day for Auburn baseball. 334-321-1390. We'll wrap up the show when we come back. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line. We get to the phone lines. This guy got him some Auburn baseball tickets as well. Auburn baseball opening day on Friday at Plainsman Park. I can't believe it's already here. If you didn't get in, we appreciate you calling. Had a ton of people calling in. Don't worry. There may be some more coming up on another show. So just keep that in mind. All right, we may have some later on in the week as well. But let's get to the phone lines one more time. And Dak, man, welcome in. You're on the line. Hey, guys, man. How's it going today? Going good, man. What's up? How you feeling about tonight? I feel good about tonight. I mean, uh, it seems like we always bounce back after a, a terrible performance. Uh, my question my question on Ask T-Bone is, uh, and be honest about this, no matter if we would have played Vanderbilt or Missouri on Saturday, what would have been the outcome? I have think, you seen how we played? I th- oh, if we'd have played like how we played in Gainesville? That's right. We'd have got smoked. I do. I believe that, too. I don't think Florida had anything to do with it. I know they got some big, tall men and some good guards. I get that. They're, they're, they're a very good basketball team. But I don't, I don't think it mattered who we played. We would have got drunk Saturday. Yeah, I mean – I don't think there's some type of psychological, although Florida has beat us 100 times in a row down there, I don't think that's had anything to do with the loss Saturday. I just think that either A, we were really tired, or B, we just weren't prepared for the task at hand. Yeah, that's the big question. And the same things that pop up from time to time concern me. Uh, You know, I don't understand why when we can't, when we're not hitting from the outside, why we don't – because we've showed that we can go inside and and, uh, and score. 
but but anyway, I, you know, I think we'll bounce back. I, I, I think I think we'll win both these games coming up. Okay. Uh, but you know this. Yeah, and that Tennessee game is going to be a tough one. There's no doubt about it, Dak. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, have y'all talked about still talking about Super Bowl at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, a little bit. I, I unfortunately I did just see the breaking news that happened with the uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs parade uh, with the uh, with the shooting going on. Yeah, that's terrible. Absolutely terrible, man. I just can't believe still got things going on like that but, i know uh, it i know it well dak we appreciate hey we appreciate yeah, the man. call brother have a good one thanks so See much dak. we're up against the end of the show man i apologize we love we love talking can to i you set and... the record straight real quick on something go for it. you got getting, you got about a minute i'm getting blown up by the ladies around lee county saying that 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 i that i'm a curmudgeon that that oh, I don't God. believe in love <laughs> that, it, that because i crack a joke on my man <laughs> jordan hill Believe me, he's not ruining his life. Uncle T-Bone does not believe that. And the best thing that ever happened to me was me meeting and hooking up with my life. So happy Valentine's Day, ladies. There you I, go. I, Uncle T-Bone loves you. <laughs> Didn't know we had to come on here and apologize already. My in bad. Same, in the same show. Oh, no. my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, hey, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. Happy Auburn game day. Tigers hosting South Carolina tonight. Who Look, you got? I think Auburn wins. I think Auburn wins. Now. Do they cover? No. I don't think so. I think South Carolina hangs around in this game. I think the first team to get to 70 wins. I don't think both teams get to 70. I think the first one that does it will win the basketball game. Give me Auburn tonight. Yeah, I'm going to take the uh, same score that Jack said Auburn had against Daphne and the Baby Tigers in Birmingham. I'll take Auburn tonight 69-60. They do not go over. And Auburn is the first team in the seven-game win streak for South Carolina to get over 65, and that gets them over the hump. I like it. I'll have that breaking down for you tomorrow. On the show, we'll have Brad Law with us. We'll have Chris Gordy with us as well. And Uncle T-Bone will be back with us on Friday. We'll keep talking about this. We'll talk some more Super Bowl. Dak, if you want us to, would love to hear from you tomorrow. And uh, then on Friday, we'll start talking Auburn and Kentucky. But should be a good one tonight. We'll have all that for you and more on the show tomorrow, 2 to 4, right here on ESPN 1067. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.